This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors and our many affiliate members. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners with some really good information so you can make informed real estate decisions. Um, you might be reading or, or hearing something about real estate that comes out of Michigan. Eh, it's different here. I even wonder if it's raining today in Michigan, but it is here. (laughs) So to help me with all this today, I have a couple of guests. We have Darren Zuber of the Zuber team, Real uh, Real Brokers. And uh, good morning, Darren. Good morning. All right. And we also have Josh Fanko of Allstate Insurance. Good morning. Good morning to you. All right. First of all, Darren, how you surprised me this morning when you told me how many years you've been in this. Um, tell us. It's been a long run. I've been in it since I'm 23. I'm now 49, so I've been in it 26 years, mm. which it still feels like I'm a baby in this business. Well, <clears throat> you still look like you're 29, so how's that? Works for me. <laughs> Josh, how long you been in the insurance business? So uh, my wife and I have owned this agency for four years total. Yeah, my mm-hmm. wife has been in the insurance business for about 14 years in claims. So mm-hmm. we have a, between the two of us, I say a few years on both sides of the insurance world, on the sales side and on the claim side. That must be interesting to, to have her on the claim side, you on the sales side, because you can put stories together and I'll bet you have become a believer in the need for insurance probably just listening to your wife. Oh, absolutely. That's that's exactly what prompted us to get onto uh, to owning our own agency to help people through that. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting today because, uh, you know, insurance is something that I'll bet somebody has said at least once or twice this week. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's like, wow, why didn't we get flood insurance? <laughs> hey, Don, I have a good friend who's one of the, um, he's a big uh, water and fire guy. Yeah. Said he had 60 jobs going last week just on water. 60. Wow. Hope those people had insurance. Uh, let's hope. And the right one. Yeah. Yeah, the right and kind. the right one. Yeah. By the way, I want to add something in there. If you're not driving in your car or in the garage listening on the old transistor radio, there's several ways you can listen to this show live. You can go to the website, kynofresno.com. And you can stream it live. You can also go there and ar- and hear the archives. So you can hear a show from six months ago. <clears throat> or you can download the mobile app on your phone at Kino Fresno. And um, you can hear all the words of wisdom we're going to come up with today. <laughs> so uh, first, I want to talk about our current real estate market with Darren. Um what, what's your synopsis? What, what's your summary of the market today, January 2023? You know, to me, it's a little crystal ball. It's a little bit tough. But I think 2023 is not going to be a bad year. I think it's going to be an okay year for realtors as far as trading, as far as flipping properties, buying properties, selling properties. I think 2023 will be okay. Um, do I have a little bit of worry? Sure, I got a little bit of worry. 
but I think we'll be okay. I, you know, very rarely between January and June do you go down in value. Almost never. Do you agree, Don? January yeah. to June, it's tough to go down. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I, I think you're right. It's tough to go down January through June. So we're in January. I've already <clears> seen a pickup. <throat> I don't know if you have. And I would say between now and June, I don't think you're going to see a lot of drop. Now, next summer or this summer, maybe. But right now, between now and June, man, I don't see a lot of drop coming. And, and a lot of it is perspective. Um, about three months ago, let's say in October, I think it was, I had a client selling her place here. She now lives in Colorado. And when she sold, closed here, she was buying a place in, in Colorado. I said, well, how's the market looking over there in Colorado? She said, oh, it's ugly. I go, ugly? Doesn't that sound like a good time to buy? <laughs> she goes, oh, yeah. So it turned her perspective around. Oh, well, and here's the thing, Don, and I know this is probably more for principal homeowners, but investor-wise, I think there's going to be a ton of opportunity in 2023 and 2024. Um, I'm a guy who flips houses. I flip quite a few houses a year. And it's not always easy. But I will tell you, in the last three months, I have found more and more people come to me asking me for instant offers, ask me to give them cash, because they're a little more desperate. And we're here to help if they want it, or we'll sell them traditionally. It doesn't matter. But they're a little more de I think you're going to see some opportunities on the investment side. I, I just picked up my highest grossing flip ever in the last two months. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see, I, well, they always say down markets are opportunity, right? Yeah. Up markets are an opportunity. Down markets are. Supposedly the Kennedy family made millions back during the depression by buying real estate in a down during the depression, a down market. I have a very good friend named Bob. When we came out of 2007, 2008, he would not buy anything for over $75,000. He wouldn't buy anything. 75 was the limit. We bought hundreds of homes. Now, you can't buy anything for 200000 Yeah. <laughs> so the opportunity, he made all of his money during the down market. God, I wish I would have bought more. <laughs> yeah. Hindsight, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here's a statistic that I think is a little bit mind-blowing. When people say that we're in a down market or the homes are going down, if you compare Fresno County sales, uh, sold price from 2021 to 2022, and we now have a complete year of 2022, so it's a fair comparison, that the year ended up at 400000 for median sold price for 2022 in Fresno County. Um, in 2021, it was 360, so it's still up. Mm -hmm. And somebody might say, "Yeah, but I closed escrow May 15th of 2022, and the median sold price then was 415." Well, if you bought a home to live in, and it only went down 15,000, or what? That's a third of a percent, or it, it's not a lot. Oh gosh, I'm showing my. <laughs> Lack of math skills right now. But don't forget, you bought the home to live in it, too. Right. So right. You know, I haven't run the numbers. I probably could have done a little more homework for this. But two or three months ago, we ran the numbers. 
and January 2022, or not January, but basically we were looking kind of at December of 2021, going into 2022, our prices then were lower than they are today by mm. a very small percentage. But a year ago, they were lower than they are today. So we're not in a bad place. We're just a year behind. But here's a good thought for everybody as we talk about numbers. Way, 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 way back when I started, <laughs> my broker told me, you buy a home for two reasons, to use it and to invest in it. Everybody will have their different balance of how much use. Some people don't care about the investment because they're buying it to live in for the next 30 years or it's their forever home. Other people are buying it because they want to stay, uh, you know, they want to make some money on it. All right. Well, there's a different motivation for every buyer. Um, now, the number of sales, I, here I'm telling you that the uh, median sold price <clears throat> went up between the two years, but the number of sales has dropped um, from in 2021, it was 9,400, and now it dropped to 7,929. Um, are you seeing that out there, Darren? Yeah, we are. I mean, we're seeing a big slowing. Um, we're seeing it with different agents differently. Like, we're at about a 10% slow right now. We've seen a lot of agents with 30%. Um, I just, across the board, I, we're working really hard right now to sell homes. And I think if you're not working really, really hard right now, you're going to be at a 30, 40% drop. Mm. We're only at 10 because we busted our butt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, here, now, economically for Fresno County, it, uh, in 2021, there was $3.77 billion worth of real, uh, residential transfers in Fresno County. That did drop in 2022 to 3.5, but not a very big drop, especially if you just go back um, six years. Excuse me, eight years. Man, my math is off today. Um, it was 1.7. So it's double what it was in 2014. Well, and if you look at your numbers, if I heard that right, our volume didn't go down much in 2022, but our units did. Yes. Which means our price per unit got higher. Yeah. So I will tell you that our our volume went down one percent, mm -hmm. but our units are down ten percent. <laughs> right. Because the because the volume or the dollar volume went higher per unit. But it is taking longer to sell a house January of twenty twenty three than it was January twenty two. Can you address that, Darren? Um, I would say mostly. I do believe that there are homes that sell quick. I um, put a home on last weekend. We got five offers. That's not the norm today. Mm -hmm. The norm today is it's going to take you a little time. The norm <laughs> today is, God, I was talking with another agent about that this week. We got to get sellers, and hopefully listen to the show helps. We got to get sellers start thinking in reality. Because right now, they think it's going to sell quick, and they think it's going to sell for the highest dollar. And that's just not going to play out. You, you're not going to sell for the highest dollar. Like, I went on a listing presentation yesterday, two days ago, and she wanted 750000 It might be worth six fifty now. 
Now, eight months ago, it might have been worth seven and a quarter, <laughs> but it's probably worth six fifty now. And people just have to start realizing they're going to have to go down a little bit to go get the offer. And on my team, we kind of call it chasing the wave, right? At some point, you got to get in front of the wave. If you're just staying at the same price everybody else is, you're probably not going to sell. You got to jump in front of the wave, get taken into the beach, and sell your home. Can I ask a question on that? So, just yeah. curious because I, I see that a lot too. Um, is there what what's the impact if you come in too high and then you have to start dropping your price? If I believe now, this is a theory, right? Like, there's a lot of different theories mm -hmm. on this, but I believe it's okay to overprice it if you have strong reductions, mm -hmm. meaning big. Like, I'll be honest with you. I almost don't think there should ever be a reduction. It's not 25,000 because hmm. that's a bracket reduction. And if you know brackets, which is part of my job, if you go from 400 to 385, you still have all the same people looking at the house. Hmm. You have to get to 375 to get new people. So I, so I, I don't mind it. I don't mind missing the mark mm -hmm. as long as we're aggressive afterwards and get to the right price. I don't think it hurts you. Now, yeah. if you inch down yeah. ten or fifteen thousand each time, I do think it hurts you. And inching down is like not staying ahead of the wave. That's it. Yeah. So with that thought, we're gonna go to our first commercial break. And when we get back, we're gonna dive into insurance and how it relates to the real estate market. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, and as we're playing the music September, I remember last September. It was bone dry. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Not. probably nobody was thinking about insurance unless you lived up in the foothills, right? Right. Fire now was, you're thinking. Fire was the, now it's all about water. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we have Josh Fanko of Allstate Insurance here, and we're going to be talking uh about insurance, the need for it, the want and the desire of it. Uh, that, that's something new, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> People wanting it. And we also have Darren Zuber of uh, the Zuber team in here, um, and we're talking real estate with him. So first of all, let's kind of focus on insurance for right now. Josh, can you give us kind of a general state of the insurance industry? Yeah, honestly, here in California, it's a lot like real estate. It's a little bit volatile right now. I keep telling people the, the Department of Insurance and insurance carriers, just given everything that's happened over the last few years with all these wildfires and major catastrophic losses, uh, the rising cost inflation in the insurance world is a very volatile market. Uh, carriers are leaving the state. There's a lot of insurance property insurance carriers that want nothing to do with California because the risk is too high. Um, costs are running away and in California the way it's set up uh, insurers can't adjust pricing uh, without going through a very long complicated uh, rate filing with the Department of Insurance and that right now is log jammed so insurance carriers are are struggling right now to be profitable in California and losing money and it's uh it's difficult so it's a very volatile market in, in, in insurance in California right now Okay, so I'm a guy that's traveled every state in the union, and I've got to say that California has one of those one of the most moderate climates. Um, it, it it's not like we wait for the tornado to hit, like if you're in Oklahoma, or uh, the hurricane to hit if you're in Florida. 
why is it volatile here in California? More and people, you say carriers are wanting to leave California. Why is that? Well, a lot of insurance carriers have, uh, like I said, with some of these wildfires that have happened over the last few years. Case in point, um, uh, where the name just um, the large fire. I just can't forget. What was it? A few years ago, the large Creek Fire. Uh, well, even the one before that, the big one. I can't think of the name of the campfire. Um, no, there's another one up north. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was a it was a small community, but the entire community was lost. Um, one insurance carrier happened to be. Uh, uh, insured more than 50% of the homes. So the market Ooh. saturation for that one carrier was very, very high. And in that one loss, uh, it was Paradise Fire, the Paradise Fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one market carrier uh, insured 50% of those homes. And so one event caused them to lose billions and billions and billions of dollars. And what it did is it started making most carriers realize that their market exposure was incorrect. You know, they, were, they were not diversified throughout the state. They were they were insured in certain pockets, and if you have one event, it can cause significant financial losses. So they've started to spread themselves out a little bit more. They've just been pulling back to reassess how they want to be in the state. Okay. If that makes sense. So that with, carrier had too many eggs in the basket. In one spot, yep. yeah. With Don's comment on, you know, why are we, why is it so volatile in California? Is it because, like, the fires, there's so many more of them than maybe there would be with a tornado or a hurricane? That, is there more here? I mean, there are. I mean, fires. It's not just California, too. There's fires in Colorado. They're dealing with very similar things. But one of the, the interesting, I mean, it's every state's unique. California, we all know, has very unique uh, laws and political uh, uh, factors that play into it. But one of the challenges for insurance in general in California is that, the, again, the way that the rate filings have to be done. So for an insurance, so, you know, if you're in business and your costs start going up, you typically will just bump up your costs, right? We see it in restaurants right now. Restaurants are having to pass the cost along for the rising cost of food and labor and all those things into their menu items. Nobody likes it, but that's how they continue to stay profitable. In the insurance world in California, if, if you sell, if you pay, charge somebody a premium, that premium is locked in based on current rates. Well, if the costs start going up significantly in, 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 a, in a large factor, a very fast factor, you cannot go in and change your rates without going through a very complicated process, and it can take years to recover that. So they are, they are losing money for a long period of time, and it takes them a long time to pick up for that. So uh, it, it, can, it can really be difficult. So your rates are regulated. They is are. Is that Absolutely. what I'm hearing? Yeah, the Department of Insurance has a say in everything that's uh, done with the rates. So if you had a rate of $800 a month on a particular property, to get to raise that to nine hundred a month, what what's the process? Well, there's there's different factors into your insurance premium. So uh -huh. obviously, you know the value of the, on a property on a home, your dwelling limit is the major factor of how, what that cost of that premium is going to be, and so that's the amount that we we cover your home for. So if you have a five hundred thousand dollar home, we're going to cover it for five hundred thousand dollars to help you rebuild it should you lose it in a fire or total loss. Um, so that's part of your premium. Now, that may go up every year, but that's because we adjust the dwelling limit to stay in line with the, the inflationary cost, the cost of labor and materials to rebuild your home. We're not changing the rate of the insurance. We're just adding more insurance to your policy every year. So a lot of times we get that question, how come my rate's going up every year? Well, you're actually getting more coverage. And we do that mm -hmm. to make sure that if your house burns down, you're not underinsured. And that's a standard practice. So that's one reason why rates change. But as far as rate filings, the insurance company is charging that premium on a on a very complicated formula, that, that factor can't change. Hmm. So if that house should, you know, that premium should be going up to keep up with all of these things, they can't make those changes on there. 
How does inflation factor into all this? Yeah, so inflation right now is actually, everybody knows inflation is impacting us on all aspects of life. And I, I think they generally say right now we're somewhere around 8 or 9%, which is historic, right, across the board worldwide. Well, in the insurance world, we're seeing 20 to 30% uh, inflationary uh, uh, hit. And that's because of things like um, materials, right, Contra uh, labor rates. In the auto world, you know, this is more about homes, but in the auto world, you've got rent, you know, you've got used car prices have gone soared through the roof. So if you have a total loss on your vehicle and you go to replace it, now all of a sudden the insurance carrier has to pay a considerable amount more to replace your vehicle than they did, I mean, by the thousands than they did even just a few months ago. So we're seeing a considerable amount of inflation in our market. So I, I see all that uh, and, and the reason why costs are going to go up. So what can a homeowner expect in their insurance rates in the future? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's one of the worst things we have to do, but we have to be honest with people and just tell them that it's, we want to see rates go down. People look at their insurance as a bill, just like their cable or whatever it might be. But um, it, unfortunately, insurance is not going to get cheaper in California. In fact, it's going to go up across the board, and it's, a, it's something we hate to have to tell people. Now, there's things you can do to try to help eliminate that. You know, you can obviously shop insurance. You can, you can look at your coverages. You can look at different things you can do to try to help adjust for that. But as a whole, insurance is going to continue to increase in California, not just in California, but across the board, just like everything else is. So I'm telling, especially investors that have multiple properties, I'm telling them to start doing some forecasts now. I would expect 20 to 30% over the next few years. Wow. Yeah. Now you're hitting on a really... Uh, a topic that I love to talk about, but when you said shop rates, so uh, you can go online, you, you can go, you know, call yeah. that insurance carrier, that big one out of Jacksonville or, or out of Florida. Right. <laughs> and and um, why is it better to deal with somebody locally? Yeah. And, and, and trust me, I represent one particular, you know, I'm, I'm tied with a particular insurance carrier, but there's there's lots of insurance out there. And, and to me, it's not necessarily even always about the carrier, although it, that matters, the brand and a, and a company that's gonna stand behind you. I mean, you buy insurance so that when something happens, we were just talking about this before we started, right? When something happens, you wanna make sure that you, you get the value of the insurance. So you have to have a good company behind it. But just as much, you need to have a good agent, somebody local that you can pick up the phone and call and talk through it and say, hey, I'm struggling. How come my rates are going up? And they should be able to explain it and they should be able to break down your policy and go through it with a fine-tooth comb and do anything and everything they can to help you. And if, uh, if the cost is just too much, there's other ways that you can make some adjustments and you can maybe make some. So if you don't have that regular contact with somebody local, a good local agent that not only waits for you to call them, but will call you proactively and say, hey, I've noticed some things here that we might be able to adjust to help you in this. That's really, really important. Just like having a great real estate agent is super important to get the most value out of your home. But you don't, you don't know you need it until you need it. Absolutely. And you're not going to know you need local until you have a problem. I always, uh, I always, I like that. Yes, exactly. I always equate it to this. It's like a doctor, right? I think insurance is a lot like going to a doctor. You know, you, you don't, you don't know you need it until you get sick. A lot of people don't want to go talk to their doctor until you get sick. So then you don't, but uh, you, it's really, when you need it, it's the most important thing in the world. And would you want to pick up and call somebody 1-800 to talk about your health? Or would you rather go see somebody that knows you and knows your health history? That's what a good local insurance agent can do for you. That's you know, a every good analogy. Year, every year, my insurance guy, because I'm not using you, mm -hmm. I use somebody else. That's fine. Every single year, 
He goes through every policy I have to see what can be changed. Absolutely. That's great. And I have many, many policies, so it can save me hundreds of dollars in a year sometimes. Absolutely. All right. And, um, but somebody might counter that, Josh, and say, but, but I can save $11 a year if yeah. I go to that online company. All right. $11 a year, and then you find out you don't have the right coverage, which could cost you thousands, thousands, thousands yeah. and thousands. I lost a, I lost, we were talking about it on the break. I lost a house to fire. Having the local guide made that so much easier. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars in losses. Yeah. So having that local guy on my side the whole time, shoot. Yeah. I'll pay way more for it. Yeah. <laughs> I want the more than $11. Guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, it is time for our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and steel. It's not a big place sitting up high. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio helping out today, we have Josh Fanko of Allstate Insurance, and we have Darren Zuber of the Zuber Team Real Brokers here. And <clears throat> let's talk it right now about uh, real estate back to real estate off of insurance for a moment and um how is thing how darren have things changed and let's talk about the expectations of a buyer in january of 2023 versus one year ago yeah i I think the buyers have a lot a lot more expectation um i think that they want a lot more i think they think they deserve a lot more i think they think they're going to get a better deal um, they get to do it on their terms. There's a lot of reasons why it's good, but some of that's bad that they, um, they always want a better deal right now. Like we've been running into it a little bit where people will get into a deal and then just decide 25 days later that they paid too much mm-hmm. and want money off. Like that's annoying. Yes. That, that's really bad. <laughs> that's over negotiating. Um, <laughs> And, and yeah, I've seen people do that with the request for repair. Yeah. Um, and I remember something about negotiating from a class I took probably 25 years ago. And he said there's three points in, in uh, a purchase. There's price, terms, and time. And he said in negotiating, win-win negotiating, you cannot win all three of them. You the other side has to have something that's to their benefit. So maybe you give them good time. Maybe you say, here's a low price, but I'm going to let you rent back the house for up to two months so you can find another one. You know, there's that's something that that seller can benefit from. So you've got to find the common ground. And what I'm seeing is we're kind of in a normal market now where buyer and seller have to both be at the negotiating table. How was that negotiating table one year ago? Oh, a year ago, everything was seller's choice. I mean, uh-huh. Buyer did whatever the seller wanted. And now it's not, it's, it's actually exciting. I, I've been in the business a long time. You go talk to agents, majority agents have been in the business probably less than five years at this point. They've never seen a normal market. That's all I think we're going to is a normal market. I don't think it's a buyer's market. I don't think it's sellers. I just think it's a normal market. And by the way, Don, you know this. If you're representing buyers, which I represent a lot, now we have options. 
like we don't have to buy the first house we see. We actually get to go look at three or four. I mean, do you remember when we were, I mean, you've, you've been in it longer than I have, but not by much. We used to go look at 30 homes. Oh yeah. <laughs> For the last five years, I haven't shown anybody more than three homes. Hmm. And back in the day when it was a normal market, God, I don't even know when that was anymore, but they would get in your car and we would go looking at four or five each time and maybe on the third, fourth, fifth time, they'd find the right one. Yeah. So it was that process of elimination. Um, the last three years. Three, we'd keep their top three. Yeah. You're only allowed to look at these three. Now or a year ago, here, you want to buy this or not? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and that's not normal. And I'm also going to say it wasn't really healthy. A year ago, um, people may have bought a home that wasn't the right fit for them, but their offer was accepted. Because they had to. Yeah, yeah. So um, would you say it's a good time to buy right now, Darren? Here's the deal, and, you know, I'm probably a little bit biased towards this, but I don't think there's ever a bad time to buy. We were just talking about a story on the break that I had a, a coworker buy a house during 2002, 2003. It was on a guaranteed sale, meaning he guaranteed the sale of it, then it didn't sell, then he had to buy it. He bought both those properties for close to 300,000. So for 15 years, he was underwater. Now they're worth double. I don't know. I think it's a good time to buy. Interest rates, it's not a bad time. Um, we had a little different information, but um, we believe within a couple of years, probably at least, if not less, we'll be back down to a decent interest rate. And we have some really good programs right now that get you to that. There's a program called the 2-1 Buy-Down that basically, if interest rates were six and a half today, your first year they'd be four and a half, your second year they'd be five and a half, and your third year they'd be six and a half. You gotta buy that down, that's gonna cost you about a point and a half. But after two years, if things go the way we're told, then you just refi out of it. Now they may not, so you gotta be comfortable with the payment. But a lot of people are saying within two years, we should have a decent interest rate again. So um, the Fresno Association of Realtors has an ad running right now, which raises a good question. And that is, should I wait to buy a home while others are told buy a home and then wait? So if you go back 10 years, the median sold price in Fresno County was 150,000. 2019 it went to 275 and now it's at 400,000. So buying and then waiting does seem like a pretty good way to go. I I will always accumulate as much property as possible. I don't care. Here's another I like stories, right? I just like stories. So I bought a property, it was an in-laws property, both of them passed away. We were given a property, it was $15,000 underwater. So it was worth 160 and we owed 175 on it. This is like 10 years ago. At the end of the day, we let all the family decide whether they wanted to take that house or not, because we could just let it go, they're dead. We could just let it go, there's no, no credit, there's no anything, we could just let them go. And I told everybody, you guys decide and then I'll decide. All of them turned it down. Nobody wanted it. There's a couple who could have moved into it as a principal. It would have been great. They all turned it down. 
I ended up picking that thing up $15,000 underwater. Well, why would you ever do that? I can go down the street and buy a better mm. house for the same price. Well, I did it because there was no money down on the house. Mm. That house is now worth $390,000 and I bought it for once. Let me tell you why. You say, why would you buy one that's 10,000 underwater, 15,000 underwater? I'm going to answer the question for you. It's yeah. because you believe in real estate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you knew it would happen. I had a similar thing in 2008 where I took one on that was uh, underwater, uh, meaning that it there was more owing on it than the current value. Um. I just believed in real estate, and I believe that if you hold it long enough, it'll come back and exceed. And now it has far exceeded it. I do have to admit, the first two or three years, so short term, I thought I was the dumbest guy in the world. <laughs> it did. It looked like a dumb move for two or three years, and then it all got better. Yeah. You, you know, know, something something you're seeing now that you haven't seen in a while is uh, taking over payments. Because with FHA and VA, you can actually take over their, you have to qualify for it, but you can take over their payments. So you can buy stuff underwater. I remember when I was a kid, <clears throat> you and some of your business partners, that's all you, you guys would do, wraps, you do anything to get hold of a property. The purchase price was never the concern. Mm-hmm. It was, do I get it in my portfolio? That's all that mattered. You know, that's a good point you bring up. Uh, um, back in the early 80s, during another run of inflation, we had interest rates that were in the teens. So they were 15 17%. Here's how we had to put a transaction together. Somebody would take over the payments on the existing loan, and let's say that existing loan was at 10%. The owner would do a owner carry at 12% because that was attractive to the owner. Um, and, and let's say they were both for $50,000. Um, well, that if you blended those interest rates, it came out to an 11, which was far better than the 17 that they would get at the bank. Um, and of course, there was a down payment, but that's how we had to put transactions together. And then like Darren mentioned earlier, rates did come down and you refinance and uh so but the good part is you got into the home and you got to use it not just invest in it even in my short history i mean in the beginning of my career when i started buying houses we were buying a house at eight percent um from that point on it went down almost the entire time <laughs> until the last you know six months you're confusing me, Darren. You're saying your short history, then you say you've been in it forever. <laughs> so, forever. You know, it, it, as you guys are talking, it just it just continues to, I think, hammer home the point, the importance of having good people that can help you understand these things. I mean, the, the data that you're sharing, you know, for me as an everyday guy that isn't in the real estate market every day, you know, with that, you said the word perspective earlier. It's really important. All the investors I work with, even through these changing times, they seem really calm because they have the perspective. They understand the value of real estate in the long term. So having somebody like you that can help them understand, hey, this is okay. And you know what? And we, we keep talking about the financing part, having a great lending partner that can help you understand, hey, this is the current environment with rates. But if 
this happens, then we have other options that we can move things into. So hey, I'll be honest with you. You think it's important to have a local insurance agent. Mm-hmm. I think it's even more important to have a local lender. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Like a local le- a lender can absolutely hurt your deal if they're out of town and don't care. Yep. And that's what happens because there's no accountability. If you have a local lender in Fresno, mm-hmm. me, Darren Zuber, I can go call your boss and get you in trouble. <laughs> uh, an out-of-town lender? Nobody cares. If you can get them on the phone even. <laughs> if you yeah. can get them on the yeah, phone. Yeah, right. Well, the local lender, chances are you're going to run into them at the gas station or the grocery store. And you can always say, hey, what happened? Yeah. Yep. That doesn't happen with that out-of-town agent. Well, so there's no an people, accountability issue. Like U-Triple-S-A, I would say they're a good out-of-town lender, U-Triple-S-A. But, I mean, that's for the military. They're doing a good job. There's not many, though. There are not many good out-of-town lenders. All right. With that, it is time for our next commercial break. I told you guys this stuff goes fast. So um, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. Here in the studio, we have Josh Fanko of with Allstate Insurance. We also have Darren Zuber of Real Brokers. And um, our bumper, our intro music was taking care of business. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the how the insurance industry and the real estate industry uh, come together. Um, I, I know when we need to close an escrow, and uh, the lender calls and says, hey, we need an insurance binder. Yeah. Uh, like in 30 minutes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so important. In fact, that's, this is my favorite part of the insurance business is real estate. I love real estate. I love working with real estate professionals. I love helping people that are getting into their first home. We've helped a few couples here in the last couple of weeks get into their very first brand new home. And uh, to handle that is always my favorite part of the insurance business. And I love working with lenders and real estate professionals because I know how much they do, the amount of work that they put in to help people with home ownership. So we look at it in the insurance world. It's our job to, one, take care of our insurers and make sure they have everything they need. But we're going to work quickly and make sure that they get the documentation because we've had deal. We've, we've heard horror stories of people's deals getting hung up because an insurance agent won't respond. They oh, can't yeah. get a hold of their insurance agent. Or they don't do the right type of insurance. Yeah, it, it that's can be a right. Nightmare. It can be an absolute nightmare. It, and they say, "Well, they're off work for the day," and it's like, "How could that be? It's only two o'clock here." Right. Oh, it's five o'clock back in New York. <laughs> right. And you know, I'd love to say, you know, real professionals, you know, especially lenders and real estate agents, will will have a good partnership with the insurance agent, and they'll let them know, "Hey, this is coming up. We'll need these things a few days in advance." But things happen, and sometimes things have to be turned in a very short amount of time, and an insurance agent should be able to work quickly, but it's amazing how many times people wait until the last minute. A good agent will tell their client to get the insurance situation figured out as soon as you get an escrow. Uh, they'll sit on there and wait, wait, wait. Uh, half the time, they don't even understand that they're supposed to get the insurance, and so last minute, we'll get a request to provide the insurance deck or the evidence of insurance, and we're scrambling. So so what you're saying is my emergency is your priority. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hey, and that's just the way it is. That's the that's the insurance business. We handle emergencies, right? That was a good one, Darren. Yeah. I got to hand that one to you. <laughs> but I love working. I mean, I love working uh, on real estate transactions. Um, I always encourage homeowners when you get into, so if on a new purchase, we're talking about buyers, get your real estate agent, get your financing in place, put an offer in on the house. 
unless you're in a, a really hard to insure area like up in the mountains or whatever insurance is not going to be your top priority but the minute you get an escrow pick up the phone and call your agent and find out what the insurance is going to be because your lender is going to need to know how much it's going to be and you need to make sure there's no surprises on the home maybe can prior I, losses can or I anything ask you a question about lenders yeah you know in the last 20 years so in the beginning of my career in the beginning of my career I would say that um, we we helped the clients find um, insurance brokers more mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. Now it seems as though the the lenders yeah. are kind of almost forcing their lenders yeah. down the client's throat. Do you see that? Yeah, no, the lenders control that now. Yeah, absolutely. The lenders oftentimes are the ones that are indicating uh, maybe what insurance agents they should go through. Oftentimes they'll just provide a standard quote. Uh, many lenders have an insurance affiliation. Now there's certain laws and, and and things in state that are there to protect the consumer to make sure they're not getting force-fed an insurance policy to the benefit of the lender or whoever they were or to the insurance company. Uh, but yeah, it often happens. But where, we don't even hear about yeah, it sometimes. Yeah, it's just done. And, and you know, we deal with a lot of that. We deal with a lot of that. In fact, sometimes we'll we'll find out towards the end, and and where we get word of that is towards the end, somebody's trying to close and they can't get something done, and they're like, "Well, who are you going with?" Well, the lender put this thing out there, we got an approved quote, and then at the end, they won't do it now. All of a sudden, they realize they can't insure the property because it's in a zone that they don't know about, or it's got a loss history that we didn't know about. And so they're scrambling because nobody did their due diligence. They just went in with whatever the lowest price was. They have no idea what the limits are. They don't know if their deductible is 1,000 or 10,000. They don't know if, you know what type of coverage is on the home. They're just going off a of price because they don't know anything else. And it, and it oftentimes isn't isn't the right fit. So yeah, the and lender by the has way, a the big... lenders never refer local. <laughs> yeah, well, not my lenders. My lenders. I got a lot yeah. of great lender partners. They do a great job of that. Yeah. But I think I know why the shift. You say 20 years and, and, and this happened 15 years ago. It, it was um, the Dodd-Frank Act came out. So it used to be where the realtor could refer the insurance agent on the last day of the escrow or <clears throat> Let's say we're ahead of the game and we did it in the last week of the escrow. Mm -hmm. Now, because of the Dodd-Frank Act and all the disclosures they got to make, the, the lender has to make, they have to get that up front in the first three days. Well, lender, so they're probably wanting that quote from insurance up front. Yeah, and lenders won't draft loan docs until they have the insurance requirement taken care of. So the lenders are all over it. They want insurance in place. So oftentimes, to be to their defense, they want to have control of the insurance situation because oftentimes, like I said earlier, the buyers drag their feet on it. They think they'll get insurance through their agent, but they don't even know what to do. Or they're winning the, their car insurance guy doesn't even do home insurance, and they don't realize it until the end. And so lenders want control of that because that's the only way they can keep the loan process moving forward. So that's why they do that typically. So the two of you are making me think of a, a, a good theory or good philosophy here, and that is, because insurance, you can actually get it in one hour by calling and that one, your emergency is his urgency. All right. But yet in here, we have 30 days in an escrow. Why not get the insurance in that first week? Get that part settled so that then, then you can choose which agent you want. You, uh, you don't have to rely on the lender's choice. Correct. Um, yeah. Most people don't even know they have a choice. Honestly, there's a lot of first-time homebuyers that think the insurance is, is the, the, the lender. lender puts it in place, and they don't. They control it, so they don't even know. I absolutely agree. In fact, I always tell people, like I said, your real estate agent is your quarterback, 
He's going to make sure everything gets handled throughout the entire transaction. He's, he wants to make sure you have a good team. So your lenders obviously got to make sure that you get approved. Those things have to be handled first, but very soon after that, getting the insurance. And here's one area where I think the insurance is missed or is underestimated as far as the value in that transaction. Oftentimes I've, we can pull a loss history on a property. So if I know the real estate agent and I pull up as I'm quoting that home and I'm looking at the full loss history on that property, if I see something on there prior to the inspection being done or before you close that 17 day window of negotiation, I can notify the insured, I can notify the real estate agent, hey, there's a, there's a water loss in this property two years ago that may or may not have been disclosed. You may wanna have the inspector put some special, you know, extra eyes on that to make sure that there's no issues there that are gonna impact you down the road. So I those like are that. things like that that an, an insurance agent can do to bring value to the whole process and the whole team. If we get you early enough. If you gotta get us early enough, because otherwise we're scrambling and you can't negotiate again. You can't renegotiate at that point, you're stuck. or. You can, but it's going to be really difficult at that point. So and you might possibly. Well yeah. Don, I have a question about flooding. All right. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, what insurance. makes you think of flooding? <laughs> As I'm looking out the That's window and it's literally Putting flooding. sandbags out in front right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, this didn't go off, did it? Nope. It changed in my ear. Oh, okay. Um, so my question would be, like, what is flood insurance? Like... I just told you that I had a guy who's in that business and he's working on 60 homes. Mm -hmm. Did it flood from the front yard? Did it flood from the roof? Yeah. What's covered, what's not? That's kind of what I'd like to know because I really don't know. If, if my front yard floods, is that flood insurance? Yeah. I actually don't know. Oh, it's a great question. And there, there are some clear uh, distinctions on there, but it can be a little bit, uh, I don't want to use the word muddy, but it can be a little muddy. But flood insurance, so yeah, great question. A lot of homeowners assume if they have homeowner's insurance that flood would be covered. Same thing with earthquake insurance. Uh, flood and earthquake are both separate from a homeowner's policy. So in order to get coverage for flood, and what flood typically means, it's, it's I think the exact definition is, it's a body of water coming from the exterior of the property that covers two or more parcels. Mm. Okay, so it's not on your property and just in your area in some respects, it's typically two or more parcels, right? So it's coming in from the street, the storm drains overflow, it backs up into your home and it's affecting more than just one Three property. Three houses get right. flooded. Right, more than one property. That's typically a definition of a flood. Now in one situation where in particular it does impact you is say a swimming pool. Let's say you have a swimming pool in your backyard and it the, the rains come and it overflows and it comes back into your house. That's where flood insurance would cover you where your homeowner's insurance wouldn't. So rule of thumb is typically water damage to your home. Water damage to your home is coming from inside the home and in the property, uh, that's gonna be typically covered in your homeowner's policy, depending on how it's set up. Flood is usually water coming from the outside in mass quantities. Well, that was that was good information, mass quantities, because I'd never heard that. Yeah. That's good. All right, we just have a couple of minutes left on the show, so first I wanna go to Darren Zuber. What is your best real estate advice you can give our listeners? Go start selling real estate. <laughs> uh -huh. There's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. yeah. It's you a know great a guy? career. You know a guy? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Go ahead and call the show, but you can call me too. <laughs> After being in this almost all my life, I have to say it is a good career. It's the, fun. The, the relationships that you make are just unbelievable. Josh, give us your best insurance advice. Don't underestimate the value of insurance. And I know because an insurance agent, it, it's easy to say, but... People think of it as a transaction, think of it as a bill, something to, that they have to pay for. Um, pay attention to it, 
get a really good insurance agent, somebody that you trust, somebody that will pick up the phone, you know them by name, they know you, and rely on them. You don't have to deal with it every month, hopefully, <laughs> but once a year, do a good job of looking over insurance. Take the call from your insurance agent. Make sure you have the right coverage. Um, it's, it's not a bill. Um, it can cost you considerably. It's really a foundational piece to your entire financial picture because you could have the greatest retirement portfolio, but if you don't have the right insurance, you could lose it all in one event. Before you retire. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. 30 seconds or less, Darren, what do you want people to, re our listeners, to remember most about today's show? I, what would I say? I would say it's always a good time to buy. Always. I think right now the interest rates aren't bad and we can make them better with a 2-1 buy down. I think prices are better than they were six months ago. Um, could they go down a little bit? Sure. Just live it out. There live you in go. the home. I like Keep that. Keep it as an investment. Mm -hmm. Live it out. You, you don't lose money. We talked about this on a break. You don't lose money until you sell a house. Mm -hmm. you, you're not losing equity until you sell. So go buy homes, guys. It's All a right. good time. Yeah. Josh, what do you want people to remember most about today's show? Um, I, I'm always a big believer. I just kind of talked about it, but you have it, real estate is so important. Homes, insurance. Um, you have to have good people with you. If you don't have good people working on this for you, there's too much information out there. You're going to make bad decisions off of information you see on the internet. Have good people that you can you can talk this stuff through, and uh, you'll do much better that way. So the transactions. Like, I know we're leaving. The transactions are getting tougher. You need good people. Ah, good point. And on that thought, we are going to say thank you to all our listeners. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Darren, for helping out on today's show. We'll be back again next week. Ah, thank you for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio.